Has the NHL gone soft? One coach, a Mr. John Tortorella, coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, certainly thinks so. Game's changed. And for some dinosaurs that are in it, it it's, it's very frustrating. I have to admit, conversations on the ice amongst opponents on a face-off, and it's like a big hug fest sometimes. I don't know if they have so many meetings with this NHLPA and all that stuff that goes on, but there's no hate, and uh, I miss that. And the old school, I'm coming at you, and uh, uh, we'll have a beer after. But do we have to talk about it on the ice right now? So you got to love Torts here. He brings the term hug fest <laughs> to the NHL, which I think is a fantastic way of describing it if you're trying to talk about how a big bag of knuckles is what's required <laughs> in this sport. I love that that Torts goes with that phrasing. And uh, man, what a, what a guy. What a, what a hilarious, just old school tough dude that you really don't want to mess with. But what do you guys think? Is, is he even onto something here? Or I, I, I agree with him a little bit. If that's the thing, like I, I, I don't think the NFL, NHL is soft necessarily, but I, I do. I mean, he's talking about missing the hate. How, how there's this intense, these intense games, even in the regular season. I think we still get that in the playoffs. I think you feel that hate, but I miss, I miss a little bit of that. You know, regular season game against a rival, you know, it's going to be kind of a knockdown game, not necessarily dirty or big hits or fighting, but just it does seem like there's a little bit less of that animosity out there. It definitely, it definitely has changed. I think over the years, but I think that's 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 because the NHL is more of a skill game now and not like a, a brute game where you know have, you know the flyers just basically loading up on goons <laughs> to just beat the other teams up i think that's a good spot for the nhl now a couple things is i really appreciate towards saying that like it's a fun it's a fun thing to say and if he's honest and what i also like is he kind of makes fun of himself by calling himself a dinosaur yeah he's like the dinosaurs and the yeah so he's like he knows he's one of the old school guys and and maybe it's not hip and and cool but it's nice to see that level of acknowledgement and and just transparency. Too many times we see cliche quotes from coaches after games. And so it's nice to see this kind of this very transparent quote. Now, a couple things. So about the actual, is it getting soft? I think what happens is there's all these international tournaments and travel teams that these kids are playing with all year round as elite prospects in, in their respective countries. And they just become friends, right? And so then, you know, speed up five years from then. And now they're in the NHL and they're still buddies probably. And so you've got a little of that. Um, and then another thing is free agency has also created a little bit more uh, movement of players. And so you can you can be with a teammate for a couple of years, become good friends with them, and then you're playing against them two years later. I think I think player movement wasn't that prevalent back, you know, even in the probably even in the early 90s when probably at the peak hate um, or maybe <laughs> even late, I should say 80s is probably peak hate. Pre-salary cap when they were able to keep guys as long as they yeah, want. Yeah. And, and it's just it's just the nature of the business. And then there's also a respect for the players themselves, which is what I like to see is and that NHL's come down on headshots. Right? Think of all the, the suspensions we've had, you know, just this season. A lot of those aren't suspensions 10, 15 years ago. And so players are less willing to do that now because they know there's consequence and they'll get suspended. And not to mention, they kind of get labeled as a, as a dirty player. And I don't think people want to be dirty players anymore. So that was my kind of rant on the whole thing. I think he's onto something, but I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the hug fest yeah. of the NHL these days. I'm, I'm very hopeful that the Columbus Blue Jackets will start a new uh, like promotional night where they have the hug fest 2018. <laughs> everybody gets together and hugs. <laughs> Thank you.
It's The Sound of Hockey, Episode 8, coming to you live-ish from Bar Down Studios in Seattle. I am joined, this is Darren Brown, a.k.a. at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. I am joined by Andy Eide, a.k.a. at Andy Eide on the Twitter. Hello, Andy. Hello. A very creative Twitter handle for me. Yes. And also John Barr. Hello, John. Hello. That sounded enthusiastic. <laughs> well, it is very early in the morning. Yes, coming to you. He is, he is at NHL to Seattle on Twitter. Uh, yes, as, as Andy just alluded, hashtag for the pod. We <laughs> couldn't make our schedules work this week. So we are, it's, it's still dark out. It's seven in the morning. We're all a little bit uh, crusty eyed and a little bit sleepy this morning, but we're doing this because we need to make sure to, to fill your ears with the uh, smooth sounds of our voices. Doing it, doing it for the cause. That's yes, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get into it with some reviews, as we often like to do. Uh, first one, we actually had a few come in. Uh, first one comes from Brownies20. I don't. I might be related to this person. I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> it says, gritty stuff. Sure, the insider information about NHL expansion to Seattle is great. However, these are true hockey guys, and they cover the entire NHL. WHL, and other assorted HLs that I haven't even heard of before in detail. <laughs> they also tackle the controversial topics others are afraid to talk about, including goalie pad artistry, gritty mascots, the official shot of the NHL, and Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the official shot of the NHL. So yeah, I don't, I know. I, that seems like that didn't... It's been so long. I yeah. haven't seen anything about that. Thank you, Brownies20, for that one. Uh, we also had... Jay Gould 13 says greatest just recently subscribed. I'm a longtime Canucks fan. I've been listening to a Canucks podcast from Vancouver. Glad to have one for Seattle and NHL Seattle. Keep up the great work. Very entertaining. Dynamite. Great. Can't disagree with that. Then the last one, uh, this one comes from, well, the word, the the name is R-U-T-H-E-R-P all run together. So that could be either Ruth Earp or it could be Ruther P. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. Ruther P. Or Ruth Earp, if it's Ruth. Uh, this one says hockey nerds. I would, I think I would resent that, except that we're That's working true. with John Barr, who pulls a lot of data. So. <laughs> and we're in That's kind of true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Five stars. Thank you. These guys are definitely hockey nerds, and you can tell that they're super passionate about the game. Very informative, entertaining podcast focused on Seattle slash Pacific Northwest with great content from around the NHL. Wow. That is very kind. Keep those reviews rolling in. We're, we're surpassing now, or we have surpassed 35 star reviews in a very short time. So that's pretty Should pretty we have cool a goal stuff. for the year? Should we have a goal? Should we try to get to 50? Uh, Calendar I mean, year I, or hockey season? I think year. we should try to get to 50 by next week, John. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, why? We didn't, we didn't land on the moon by shooting for... <laughs> You know, for well, some uh, people what? say we didn't land. On I don't moon. know what's what's <laughs> short of the moon. I just saw that movie First Man, so that's kind of uh, the top of mind topic. for me right now. A little misleading title though, because there, there were men before him in history that existed. Yeah, just in general. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Good point. Okay, now we're going to dive into it. So Seattle stuff. Let's start with this uh, this article that Emily Kaplan of ESPN had. Last week, she was basically interviewing a variety of NHL players, and she brought up the topic of Seattle to a lot of them and asked them what they think the team name should be. None of them said Crap Weasels, which I was a little <laughs> bit upset about, but a lot of them said Sonics, and I thought that was... It's odd. It's odd. It's a swing and a miss. Why would why would the NHL team name their, their team after a defunct basketball team? That doesn't make any sense to me, uh, especially with the thought that the basketball team may one day some, I, I you know, come back. I think it's a little testimonial on how little yes. the NHL players pay attention to what's going on over here mm-hmm. other than we're getting a franchise and then they're like put on the spot with some random question they're like uh first thing they think, they think of are Seattle Sonics yeah Sonics <laughs> so you might as well call them the Seahawks right yeah. why not yeah. um, so that 
is not going to fly no. um, at all, and we all know that. So didn't Kuznetsov say sea dogs? Sea dogs. That wasn't yeah. terrible. That's a little creative. Yeah, but I also like said Kuzis. he knew nothing about Seattle, so yeah. he just kind of threw that out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's as good as anything I've yeah. heard so far, to be honest. I, Better <laughs> than Sonics for a hockey team. <laughs> yeah, I thought T.J. Oshie probably had the most insight. Obviously, like he knew of the totems and talked about them, I believe. But I got a kick out of Austin Matthews. Like for those of you that don't don't know the history of Austin Matthews in the Puget Sound area, he was actually property or or the Everett Silver had his junior rights and he was set to go come up here and play for Everett but then the Swiss League came along and he decided to do that instead of coming up here to Everett but in that article he doesn't mention Everett he says I like the WHL team's colors up there the Thunderbirds make them that color Ooh. so a secondness Ooh. of the Ouch. Everett yeah. Silverton by so, Matthews so does he get booed then when he ultimately comes to play in Seattle I, mm. you know I don't know I don't know <laughs> in two years if how many people are going to know that whole history uh, yeah we're going to start um, never that. forget. Let's, let's, let's never yeah. forget. Yeah. I'm disappointed because I wanted a chance to see that guy play in the WHL for 10, 12 games a year. But I'm I'm still offended that he decided to get paid as an 18-year-old to go play in professional hockey yeah. in Switzerland. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been really awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Other Seattle NHL news. Uh, and this is actually really big in in my opinion. Breaking news this past week that the NHL has already agreed to realign the divisions uh, for the 2020 season with Seattle in mind and that it's already been signed off on, right? Like this is... And I think if if I understand it correctly... Yes. Let's not put the card before the horse, as is my tradition. It's it's very (laughs) similar to how the um, expansion vote went. The executive committee agreed on a realignment plan and sent that, and it's being sent essentially to the full board of governors for a vote in December should Seattle get a franchise. Mm. And so, I mean, this thing, it's another signal that this thing's kind of on rails right now. Um, The details of that alignment haven't been revealed. A lot of people just think it's a simple move of putting Arizona into the central and then dropping Seattle into the Pacific. I think that makes the most sense. I've seen some uh, fans, creative fans, kind of getting a little bigger with the thought of a realignment. But Bettman has already kind of confirmed it's going to be a, a subtle or minor realignment. But some of the more creative ones I saw is to uh, break up into six divisions, which would be pretty interesting. So you would have Vancouver, Calgary, uh, Edmonton, and Winnipeg all Oh, it was eight one. divisions, right? Four team pods? Would that be four? Four times eight oh, is but 32. Maybe Seattle would be. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> I think it was Seattle was in with Vancouver, uh, Calgary, and Edmonton. Yeah, but what is why, why do we get so locked in on having the rivals in the same division? If they're in the same conference, they play, I think they play just one less game. Because as John Tortorella says, we like the hate. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not working. It's not working. Because fellas. hockey is a hug fest. Yeah, yeah that's we right. We want to hug our friends. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I fundamentally agree. Like, it makes sense in the same division. But either way, I, it sounds like it's going to be the... You know what I'm hearing, John? I'm hearing that you want Seattle to be in the same division as San Jose. That's what I'm hearing. Well, they will be, though, I think. Uh, that's highly likely, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> but Regarding your question about why do we care about rivals being in the same division, I think that there's something to, you know, at the end of the year when there's divisional, because they're not usually chasing each other, right? Like if it's a rival, but they're not really in uh, the same division. They might, there's an off chance they'll be chasing each other for a wild card, but usually it's you're chasing another team in your division. So that makes those those games towards the end of the season just so much more heated when there's, 
you know, an actual playoff spot on the line if, if one team wins or the other team loses. So. And then with the playoff format the way it is, the, those first two rounds are within the division usually yeah. with the exception of the wild so, card. And that's always fun. No, I do. So the Vancouver-Seattle playoff series would be pretty cool. I agree, but that some, sometimes gets tired, right? When you see Montreal and Boston play or Pittsburgh play every single year, I think sometimes it takes away from the specialness of it because it happens so frequently. It would be nice to see it happen every couple of years, right? Not every single year. That's, so, not the, that's not the Penguins and Capitals' fault. It's the fault of the other teams in that division for not being good and getting into the playoffs and knocking those guys out. Yeah, but imagine <laughs> seeing them in the in the Eastern Conference Final, right? Yeah, but the, the did that Winnipeg, did that Winnipeg Nashville series was that that was still pretty great, and it was a second round. Yeah, but people complained about were, it. I would argue yeah. they were the two best teams in the Western Conference last year. Aside from the team that actually won the Western Conference. Yeah, well, they beat each other up in Vegas. Yeah, benefiting. that's yeah. just There's merit to that. Yeah. Right, so what would you want? Would you want it to go back to the one versus eight kind of a setup and two versus seven, three versus and so on and so on? I mean, it, it's it's not something I would die on my sword for, but I like it. It does give you a real advantage if you're the top seed. Right? Yeah. You, yeah. You yeah. know, and... But then still, right, we saw the – didn't the Los Angeles Kings win the Stanley Cup as an eight seed? So they, it's, they beat the one seed, the two seed, and the three seed to, <laughs> get, to get to the – Yeah, so it's still one of those things, you know, get in and you still have a chance, yeah. but it's a much harder road if you get in weren't, at the bottom. Weren't, weren't the Sharks one of those three teams they beat? Sharks have uh, – they're, they're, <laughs> they've beat the Red Wings and Flames, I think, as a seven or eight Yeah, seed. no, but when the Kings went through that gauntlet, wasn't that Sharks well, one of hey, those? Hey, I just want to go on record. <laughs> I'm not bringing up the Sharks this time, uh-huh. right? Andy said the Sharks – Multiple times. <laughs> yeah. So looking around the NHL, we have a couple of teams that were not supposed to be as bad as they are seeming who are playing pretty, pretty bad. The St. Louis Blues are in last place in the stacked Central Division. Sounds like John's laughing at me because I had just brought it back to the Central Division <laughs> well, there. No, but, uh, you had to work in stacked. Well, it, it is, is stacked. a stacked Central Division. I agree division. with Darren. A certain team that I won't mention <laughs> won five games in a row and made up no Yeah, if they can no win five in a row, so. just about anybody can win oh, five in a hello. row. Oh, hello. Okay. Uh, so anyway, the Blues, <laughs> ha- they made a lot of trades and moves over the offseason that made people think that they were going to be a really good team again. And I don't know what's really happening here. There's, there's some questions about uh, Coach Mike Yo whether or not he'll stay. The players are very much behind him, and I think we might discuss that again later in the show, so we'll save some of that. But uh, there's it's it's weird. I mean, they're, they're not getting anything going. I've always, and I know I always bring it back to goalies, but Jake <laughs> Allen, I, I've never really believed in him as a, as a starter. I think he's just... He can be one of the best goalies in the league, but he's not consistent at all. It's, it's either... It's like boom or bust. He's really good or really bad, and right now they're not getting much out of him. And I think he just went out with an injury. So I don't see things getting too much better there unless, you know, something can spark in the next week or two. They're, they're going to be out of it here before, yeah. uh, before too long. And especially because they are in that stacked central division. It's not like they, uh, they can, they're going to have a bunch of easy games on their schedule. No. My, you know, my thing with the St. Louis Blues, and this is probably going to anger anybody who's a St. Louis Blues fan, but I can't think of a, of a franchise I could care less about. Like, I just never get excited <laughs> when the Blues are on. There, we lost all our Blues fans. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Yeah, uh, you can at me all you want. Nothing. I mean, they just never have excited me. I never like if I see the Blues are on, I'm like I yawn mm. and think, well, I wonder what else is on right now. I what just, about Tarasenko? He's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've had players come through that have Peter been fun Angelo, to watch. You don't like Peter Angelo? They're they're fine, but what have they ever done? What do you have against the city of St. Louis? What about Danny Pang? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, on their jumping. broadcast? On their broadcast? Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that either. I just, they oh, just wow. never have done it for me. I always kind of yawn and, you know, I, I, I like Chris Pronger. He played there. He was good. Chuck. Wayne Gretzky played for them. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky That's right. The Gretzky. You hate Gretzky now. <laughs> and they still didn't win. Like, they just never have won. Like, when when the, the Blues, ironically, went to the Stanley Cup final the first four years of their existence, they have zero Stanley Cup finals wins. Swept all four years. Well, that, that, that right there is be, the epitome of their franchise. They're supposed to be a lot better this year. They are, they are not. So, <laughs> is Robbie Fabry's out though, right? He is he out again? I thought he was finally back. I thought I saw he got hurt. Again, oh God! What a what a go for that guy. I don't know because I don't pay attention to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so I I, yeah. I think the Blues, if if they don't turn something around, they're so, they're going to be in trouble. But I think the bigger team that's in trouble is the Kings of Los Angeles. Oh boy. Yeah. It's been an ugly go for them too this year. Yeah. Well, we talked about them. Was it last week's podcast where the the coach yes. just doesn't have an answer, and you're like kind of a few weeks in the season? That's yeah, not, if you're trying to solve great. a problem and you don't have an answer, that's probably and a your bad job sign. is to have the yeah. answers. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Again, I don't know. I, I mean, there's some superstar players there, but they're slowing down a lot. They just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say there. Like, there's. It's the same with the Blues, right? Like you look at the roster and like, oh, that guy's really good. Oh, that guy's really good. Oh, that guy's really good. But then they're just not putting it together. And um, I still, I I have a hard time counting either of those teams out completely just because, I mean, A, it's still the first month of the season, but B, we know that there's some solid veterans on both squads that should be able to push their teams to, you know, start playing again. But But they need to get going. They need to get going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, LA, I, I actually, even though I went on a rant about St. Louis, I would have more faith that they can pull it out and, and be competitive than I do with L.A. right now. I just think L.A. is a slow team. I mean, the, the knock on L.A. for a couple of years is that they're getting old. It's and slow. Getting they're slow. slow. And there's no second wave of talent coming in, no youth youth movement. And I think you look across the other, you know, even the Canucks have like their new wave of young guys. That, That's all the Canucks have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think the Kings are are in a world of hurt. It, the signs were actually clear when they got swept by the yeah. Vegas Golden Knights because that's where they score. Yeah, that's where they're really exposed is is when everybody's leveling up and they can't. They've already hit the top level. So I think they're they're in a world of hurt. But I think we've been seeing this coming for a while. And I just want to state uh, there's a particular Kings fan that I know listens to every podcast and. <laughs> I don't hate the Kings. We we pick on them a little bit. I think he thinks I hate the Kings. I don't. <laughs> I do. I hate the Kings. Oh, yeah. okay. We have one anti-King. So we, we've, we've angered St. Louis fans yeah. and now LA fans. Yeah. We should have a checklist. <laughs> Who else can we anger? How about the Florida, how about the Florida Panthers? I bet we have yeah, a lot of Florida them? Panthers John, you, fans. John, you, you were high on the Panthers when we did our little uh, who's going to be surprisingly good. I, I'm still four I, and three for seven points in nine games played. They, well, they've played a surprisingly low amount of games. Nine. Um, for for what everybody else is playing, yeah, <laughs> that is tied for the lowest in the league. Yeah, so I think they're going to figure things out, but we'll see. I haven't I haven't caught too many of their games. I don't know what their their issues are, but I I think it's too early, especially with Finland that right now. Aren't they? Yeah, they are with uh. Didn't Winnipeg, they go through right? something last year too, where they had a horrible, horrible first half, and then in the second half they were like Got one fired. of the hottest teams? And yeah, and that happens in the NHL all the, the time. And then they like still like they can be like eight points away from the playoffs, go on a tear, and still finish out of the playoffs. Other NHL news: We also had the big announcement that the NHL is "quote unquote" going all in 
on betting. Ooh, <laughs> nice. All in. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, that one yeah. wasn't mine. I saw that somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but they're partnering with uh, MGM, which I believe MGM is already the partner for NBA. So this isn't like a new thing for them. I don't know if I fully understood what they're doing other than the NHL has figured out a way to make money off of betting. Well, we knew this was going to come eventually when the, when the Supreme Court said states could all states could legalize betting. And Batman quickly will. commented on it at that time. That they I remember were him be, saying yeah. that, you know, if they're going to be using our product, then we need to make sure that we're getting a cut of it. I think uh, Silver, Adam Silver said that. Batman said that too last season. Yeah. And I think this is, I mean, this is all, we talk a lot about growing the game and this is one way to do that. You look at the NFL and how betting and fantasy sports are such a huge deal and, and actually add, you know, viewers and eyeballs on the sport. I think that's the theory here is that by partnering with MGM or embracing the gambling on hockey that you're going to bring in some people that maybe aren't into it now. Although I've never, I've never bet on a hockey game. What are the odds? Like, It's not like a point spread, right? Like, is there a goal spread? Like, there, how is, do you even, there is a goal is, spread. Is there yeah. a goal spread? Yeah. 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 That just seems like, I, I don't know. Well, I lived in Reno for a while. Oh, yeah. sports. So you're a degenerate gambler. You know, we do this parlay for college football where it's like we'd put down 10 bucks across like eight teams or some some ridiculous and rarely hit. But I, I didn't do too much uh, hockey betting. It Hockey's a little too random for me. Um, yeah. That's how I look at it. Because any team really can win every night. That's like, right. Whether yeah. it be the goalie that gets hot or a player gets hot or just a team comes out flat. Like it just seems a little bit less predictable. And not that I'm... You know, for the most part, I don't gamble to win money. I gamble to just Before add it. to the entertainment. So really, why do I care? But at the same time, you want to feel like you there's like a legitimate reason for p- placing a bet. One thing I think about, and if you've ever been with me on a Saturday night to watch some hockey games, sometimes uh, I'll break out dollar bills and we'll all put who's going to be the next person to score in the game we're watching. And so we have like a draft type, kind of like on the spot. And so we all throw a dollar down. So we have like five, a whole $5 on the Ooh, table. I stakes. But you can imagine that kind of scenario, whether it be in a rink or at sports bars or, you know, whatever, that makes it a little bit more entertaining. And there's no, there's, you know, you can't deny that, you know, DraftKings and mm-hmm. FanDuel or whatever, I think they're combined now. But yeah, they're big businesses and people are into it. Kind of the regular gambling, it just isn't for me. But um, I think I think it would be entertaining. It brings kind of people in. It kind of keeps you kind of more entertained in kind of flat games that might might be otherwise not that not that appealing, like, you know, in the in middle of January or something. I'm relieved to know that your illegal side betting now will be, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> will be in right. danger of being busted. Yeah. <laughs> It's all for charity, though, right? Oh, yeah, charity. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. An interesting <laughs> byproduct of this is that they've already sort of alluded to the fact that uh, player tracking is a thing of the very near future now. This is exciting stuff, too, because I think we're going to get so much deeper into the into the statistics of the players and, and what they do in a given game. And I can see that, that that's going to be something that becomes like a live betting scenario, too, for people that care to do that kind of thing. Yeah, the player tracking can be interesting to see what that looks like and what that what that gives us that we don't have now, where they are on the ice, how much time does a guy spend right in front of the net and so forth. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like yet because we haven't we haven't seen it. Yeah. But it's just like another part of this 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 push for analytics to try and, you know, decipher what's happening and and different way to judge performance other than just the standard goals and assists. I think it'll be interesting from a coaching standpoint, right? Yeah. To be like, well, 
I know you aren't in the right place because your tracker told me so. <laughs> you know, I remember seeing an interview with Wayne Gretzky where he talked about when he was a kid, he would watch hockey games and he had a pad of paper and he would draw a rink on it and he would just take a pen and follow where the puck went at all times. And he said that helped him later on just kind of anticipate, like, I know the puck oftentimes will go to this part of the rink and mm. that's where I'm going to go. So you, so that's kind of maybe an early, that's, that's puck tracking, I guess, not so much player tracking, but same kind of idea, like try to get some trends about where guys go, where guys are on the ice and and so it'd be interesting to see how I think I think coaches might find it more interesting than the analytics crowd. There's so many variables at in a hockey game. Yeah. You know, like where the other players are on the ice compared to where you are. Like you don't necessarily want to bust your ass to the net if you know, there's three defenders there, right, sitting right in front. So you go to open space. So you might kind of time it and not go super fast or just time your arrival at the right moment. So I don't know. I mean it it's all you know, once you capture the data, then you can start to figure out what what's it telling about the situation. But I just hope they remember to take these trackers off. Otherwise, we're going to learn some interesting things about post-game habits. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of WHL alumni talk, I guess, which we always love to do in this show. Uh, did, did you guys happen to see Barzal getting completely lit up by fellow WHL alumnus Ivan Provorov of the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers? What I thought was interesting about it, it was a it was a pretty clean hit. He didn't hit the head at all. Right uh, shoulder. Yeah, shoulder, to, shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. Chest. Barzal popped right back up, so there's no injury. Provorov did have to, quote unquote, answer the bell because <laughs> the, all the gritties came running in to, to fight him. <laughs> but what I thought was really, really funny about it was as Barzal was getting up, Provorov kind of patted him on the shoulder as if to say, like, sorry for hitting you so hard. (laughs) (laughs) That was interesting. I guess that's part of Tortorella's hug fest, right? Yeah, like there the, you go. In the old days, you don't pat the guy on the shoulder. You don't care if he's okay. No, hashtag hug fest. But it was pretty funny because it was a clean hit. Barzell reached up to catch the puck. Puck was in the air. and He, he reached up and then he dropped it down to his feet. So he's looking down and that's when Provorov caught him. Uh, he patted him on the chest and then Barzell skates away knowing that like four of his teammates keep yeah. flying in. You guys can handle this. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. to the bench and sit down I thought for that a was pretty funny. He just kind of skated <laughs> calmly away like, you guys got this. I, I'm, I'm a star. I'm going to go over here. Uh, but yeah, it was a good clean hit and that that does bring up something thing. I do like always get annoyed when there's a clean hit and then we have to have this like answering the bell for a clean hit. Like I don't get that. I mean if it was a dirty well, hit a star though too, right? Yeah, but what if you hit him in the head, I can understand you you're gonna go after a guy, but but you see that in all kind of any kind of clean hit. It's yeah. like everyone's gotta go and if that same hit was laid on Cal Clutterbuck, do you think the the Islanders well, jumped Clutterbuck to his... might have gotten up and done something. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Barzell's not gonna they, fight. But he they didn't fight. They just No. They was kind of rough. They, 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 yeah. they had a meeting. Yeah. They had a meeting. They, some, they snuggled up. Some yeah. harsh words were probably said. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> they got a stern talking to. Yeah. Barzell's not a fighter, although I did see him get in a fight with Kyler Yamamoto once in WHL. It lasted about two seconds. If there's anybody in the WHL fest. I would want to fight with, it's Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah. yeah. I think they kind of just, yeah. So, speaking of WHL players, there's a, a, a current player that if you're a fan of draft eligible guys, you're going to want to go see playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds right now. And that's Dylan Hamilak, who scored a pretty spectacular goal this last Saturday in Vancouver, where he, he deked around a defenseman, kind of toe-dragged around him, kind of left him standing still, and then deked the goalie and slid the, slid the puck five-hole. This kid's really been impressive. He's got eight goals in 11 games so far this year. He's 6'3 and just under 200 pounds, but he may be one of the fastest players on the ice, and he can skate, and he's got really nice hands as he as he showed with and, that and goal. And this is his draft year, right? This is his draft year, yeah. He uh, he should be climbing up the ranks. He started off as a sea skater, which I thought was low, um, but the way he's playing right now, you, you talk to scouts uh, who, at the game, and they all kind of talk about him. So I think you'll 
you'll you'll start seeing his his stock rise. So he's a fun guy to go out and see uh, if you get a chance here with the Thunderbirds. Did I see that Rasmussen made it past his nine game trial with the? Yep, Red Rasmussen. Wings? And so the the Red Wings actually came out and said they're gonna they're gonna keep him for now. He scored his first goal. NHL goal last night, actually. Most likely he's not coming back, but I wouldn't shut the door completely on that. You know, they're just saying they're willing to let him develop in the NHL. But we've talked before. We've seen guys. We mentioned Kyle Dumba from Minnesota. Who started half, uh, played half, Matt Dumba? Matt Dumba, Excuse sorry. Me? He has a brother named Kyle Dumba, by the way. His brother, Kyle Does Dumba, he? was a goalie okay. in the WHL. <laughs> So Matt Dumba played half a year and then went back to the WHL. Lee and Dreisaitl played half a year, his first year with uh, Edmonton, and then got sent back. So the door is not completely shut on Tri-City getting Matt Rasmussen back, but it's the chances are slimmer than they were. And they're slimmer because now it burns a year of his yep. entry-level so contract. He, he is, so his entry-level contract yeah. is kicked in now. Yeah, so teams don't want to have him go past that nine-game nine if they're not going to keep him. trial if they're not going to keep him because that means that it kicks in the, the first year of his cheaper yep. contract. So anyway, interesting to see that and, and good for Rasmussen. Who, uh, as a young guy, I mean, it's it's hard to stick with the NHL team with that being able to get sent back to juniors. So, but he is a six um, five center, so he's he's built for the NHL. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our weekly one-timers. Our first is that our lovable, fun-loving, silly team to the southeast, the Carolina Hurricanes, have changed up their zany celebration yet again. We saw them do first it was a slow clap, and then they skated and jumped into the glass. Uh, this past week, we saw them do this slow clap at the blue line and then they skated to the red line and then they skated back to the blue line and did the everyone sit on their butt and row their their boats with their uh hockey sticks like a kayak it was kind of funny now here's what i'll say about it i actually sort of don't hate this celebration thing as much as i did previously <laughs> if they're going to keep changing it up all year and kind of keeping us guessing i think that's actually kind of cool because i feel like they're it's a way for them to sort of like compete with one another to come up with like a, a more fun celebration than the previous guy came up with which is something we've seen in the nfl yes with, with that they allowed touchdown celebrations now every team they get together and work on it and it's a choreographed yep. coordinated thing i actually i'm starting to like it now this, i liked it from the start this carolina thing though it's divisive it is who would have thought the carolina yep. hurricanes would be divisive but there are people who hate this. Yep. There are people like the dinosaurs. We keep yeah. going back to John Tortorella. I'm sure he hates it. But uh, there are guys like that that don't like this at all, and they think you shouldn't. You should, you know, show any kind of joy. Yeah, um, because fun's lame. It is having so fun lame. out there is really stupid. It's I a never game, have fun, and games are not supposed to be fun. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Like let's That's get serious that stuff right, right serious now. Stuff, John. I want, yeah. I want no music yeah. during the game. <laughs> no music. I no want everybody clap your hands. No None gritties. of that. No I don't want any of that. Gritty yeah. is too fun. No, yeah. Ban the mascot. <laughs> Our next weekly one timer. Austin Matthews. Oh boy. Is injured again. Oh boy. He is out for at least four weeks with a shoulder injury. He's had a shoulder injury before in the past. Uh this is this is concerning, definitely. There's there's some talk of, you know, now do people start having the oh the injury prone conversation? I don't think so. I mean it's I think it's just coincidental that he might happen to have the same injury twice. Once something is injured, it's easy to have it get injured again. So the the hit and the hit was clean, but yeah. it was heavy. Yeah. Like well, you I could just really it. tell uh who hit him, Truba? Yeah. It was um, Truba from Winnipeg. And it was, you know, he was going hard to the net and Truba was like, he's going hard to the net. It's going to make sure he takes him out and it was clean. Matthews didn't even fall, I don't think. He just kind of was like instantly you could tell. Bummer news for 
Toronto. But I, I think it's a team. bummer for all of us because the guy is a special player, and I think it, it hurts us not being able to watch. Although he does have more time now for fashion. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, this is what we talked about, though, right? Was when Pedersen got hurt with the choke slam heard around the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> around South Florida. Yeah. We talked about the fact that just having a young superstar go out with an injury is, is disappointing for all hockey fans. Yeah. You know, you want to see Matthews play out the whole year, and maybe he can get to a, a 60 goal year or whatever. And, um, but with an injury that keeps him out for four to six weeks, well, you know, first of all, there's that time. And plus, he's going to come back and probably not be uh, firing in all cylinders when he gets back. So it's it's disappointing for all hockey fans to see somebody like that get hurt. Yeah. Uh, it is. I, I think it is a little bit concerning that he's missed as much time as he had now and just in these first couple of years. But um, I think it's something to keep an eye on. But yeah. I mean, it could very I mean, he's only been in the league, what, three years? So this could very just very well, very well just be a coincidence that he has had a couple injuries. You know, I think we'll have a better track record in three or four well, years if this keep ha- keeps yeah. happening. But. And the biggest concern I would have is concussion because those are a little mm-hmm. bit more yeah. chronic in nature and kind of. What, I mean, what do you do about it? You can't Bulk up. Bulk up, Andy. Yeah. I mean, Get some protein shakes. No, I don't. Sit, Crosby know went through doing. that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he had concussion issues too. That's yeah. that was more my concern. Yeah, but probably. these star players are always going to have a target on their back, even even in this softer quote unquote. I did, I did your air quotes there, Darren. Uh, in the softer NHL, the, the star players still are, are targeted. You know, guys are going to want to stop them. Whether it's, I don't think it's dirty, but they're they're drawing attention from the defense, so they're going to get hit more. They're going to have they're going to have to fight through some of this stuff. And I, I think he'll get there. I'm not. I wouldn't be concerned too much yet. But in four years, if this is a regular thing, then maybe that's something worth talking about. Okay, let's write it down. Four years. Some podcast for episode, years episode 57 yeah. Yeah. we'll revisit this yeah <laughs> i i don't think one last thought on this i don't think that it hurts really the maple leafs chances of making the playoffs i think just from the players standpoint i yeah. i would like to see what a uh, austin matthews in a full season of health especially as he's starting to arrive our next weekly one-timer Whoops. Ben Bishop, goaltender of the Dallas Stars, has come out and how controversial is this, huh? Man, as a <laughs> card-carrying member of the goaltending union, I am quite intrigued to hear that he is very much opposed to the sort of advanced analytics that are being used to measure goaltending. I've said for a long time that there needs to be better analytics for goaltenders just because how antiquated is a goals against average when you think about it, right? Um, We talk about, you know, a lot of these stats are very antiquated throughout hockey. And so the fact that we're still essentially just judging a goalie by a save percentage and and goals against average, it's kind of a mess. I think that, you know, you can have a high save percentage, but be on a really good defensive team that keeps everything to the outside and that's going to skew your numbers, right? So I kind of get the idea behind the goaltending analytics. I think that a move towards this is a good thing. One of the main things that they look at is uh, is high danger chances. So Ben Bishop was kind of like, well, how do you determine a high danger chance? Well, you determine a high danger chance by if it's a high danger chance. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's somebody who looks at that and says, ooh, that could have been a goal versus a shot that comes from the blue line at the far side with no traffic in front. That's not a very dangerous shot. Like, yeah. You should probably make I think that that's safe. the crux of his argument, though, or why he's not a big fan of these is because there's some subjectiveness there. Like, one person may look at that and say, well, that was a high danger chance, and the next person might not. And so I think that's why he doesn't like that. So that's valid feedback. But yeah. at the same time, like the quality shots – 
it's just because it's not perfect doesn't mean we should just kind of put them all in this bucket of shots. Which, right? The article Chances. I read was yeah. exactly what the Corsica founder was saying, that a flawed a flawed system is better than no system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically yeah. what his defense was. And, and there's there's subjectivity. Is that a word? Subjectivity yep. yes, in every – I mean, word. even like shots on goal, right? Like oh, every yeah. building has a different opinion and definition of what a shot on goal is. It's it's crazy. The the statistician for, for one arena will give a guy 20 shots against and in the same building. Building, it would be 30 or 35. If so. you watch enough games in the Western Hockey League, you mm-hmm. that that disparity is massive Yeah, from rink to rink. And that's why part of the pro- advanced stats have been a hard, a hard sell in junior hockey because anything that's based on shots is, is is sketchy at best just because I've seen some some crazy things count as shots and not shots. <laughs> but I think we just turned this Ben Bishop weekly one-timer into a get off my lawn. Oh, we might have, yeah. Yeah, get off my lawn, Ben Bishop. Okay, get off my lawn. But, uh, but <laughs> it's, it's, if you read the article, and there, there's an article on ESPN uh, that where he did this interview, it's funny because there still is a little bit of this old school versus analytic argument out there. You know, it's kind of died down over where it was I think, six I think, years ago, but he said, I care about wins, I, which is what a player should say. Like, I think all players are going to say, like, yeah, that's the stat surprise. that Ben Bishop cares about yeah. is is the wins, but that's but that's just the player standpoint. Obviously, they want to win, but uh, the media and fans, they want to know more than just who won the game. I, I think, think. <laughs> I think following the analytics community quite a bit, um, I think what's changed in the last couple of years is basically they've just gone to their corner and uh, they're learning that the old school anti-analytics people and the analytics people, they've just kind of gone to their corners yeah. and <laughs> at least in like online media type communities, yeah. they've gone to their corners and they kind of don't really acknowledge each other anymore. Now, what's interesting is inside um, clubs, it's a little varied where you have, I'd say 90 to 100% of the teams have analytics departments and and they coexist with the coaching staff and hopefully they complement each other, right? So it coach might see something and they'll use analytics to kind of verify or kind of investigate a little further or analytics might show something and then show it to the coach and then the coach is like oh that's something interesting I'll, I'll take a look at that whether it be pairings or um, starts or you know zone entries all that stuff is kind of like creeping in there the thing is the teams won't talk about it or they'll tailor make them like we, we, when we talked to Dave Tippett last week he talked about for years he had done his own analytics looking at film and shot and, and scoring chances so I, I can see where there's a melding in, internally coach says here's what I like to look at and the analytics folks will look at that as well side of it yeah, uh, ironically the, I, I agree with you that the, the, the vitriol has died down online between the two camps but this this summer within the analytics community there was a big fight over this war number they've been trying to find a, a wins above replacement number like they have in baseball and there's a couple models out there that, that some people don't like some people like so that's now the new fight is whether or not we're going to count this it's a war on war. Yeah, yeah. war on war. Yeah. Yeah. But there was Our, a really good article in The Athletic about that that James Merle wrote a few oh, months surprise. back. Oh, surprise. James Merle that. wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> Our final weekly one-timer, the ever-controversial Tom Wilson, who was suspended by the NHL for 20 games due to his hit on Sunfist. Uh, Sunfist. Yeah. <laughs> he, he appealed it. Uh, obviously with the NHL and after like a seven or eight hour apparently negotiation they decided just to uphold the 20 game uh, suspension so not too much to say here other than the NHL is just like nope 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 sorry you're getting it so I was a little surprised though I thought they might shave off a few games because it felt high it felt high from the beginning it felt very arbitrary yeah but you know they're sticking to their guns it's the third suspension but I don't think it's that 
surprising, isn't it? Well, it jumped though from three playoff games. Three to playoffs 20. is worth. I mean, six. there was nothing in between. There was no ten game suspension. No. Well, no, there's, I know there is a thing, formula here. I just yeah, think that is. thing is so stupid though. The three playoff games is is Equals worth six regular, <laughs> and then and then two preseason games, which they gave to Max Domi or whatever it was, is worth basically nothing. So yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, they, I, they I say there's a formula, but it, it seems that doesn't make any sense or yeah. they change it all the time. I don't know. I think the NHL landed on the right term to begin with and probably, you know, and I think sticking to their guns, like, no, this is the right one. And I think that's, that's, I hate this, like, oh, appeal and then reduce. Right? That seems like a joke. Just get it right the first time. You're wasting time and money yeah. having yeah. an appeal. That's enough of that. I, yeah. I <laughs> don't really care about Tom Wilson. Let's spend I think. 45 minutes going over the hit and we'll look <laughs> at it from every angle. We'll slow it down. We'll yeah. look at it frame by frame. All right. This <laughs> wraps up our weekly one-timers. We're now going to move on to a new segment. We don't have a get off my lawn this week because we're just we're all just too tired. It's early in the morning, so we're not angry about anything. <laughs> no, we just wanted to have a hug fest. That's yeah, why. exactly. Uh, our new segment, and I don't know if we're going to do this one every week, but it, it coincides with something that we're doing on NHL to Seattle. We had all the contributors respond to uh, a buy, sell, or hold. And basically, it was several different topics, and, and you'll see it on NHLToSeattle.com, what everybody's opinions were on these topics. Uh, the first topic of buy, sell, or hold, the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm, I'm a buy. I buy the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they're really fun to watch. I think they're fast. They're young. Uh, they have that great celebration that they do. <laughs> a <laughs> a zany which, team. <laughs> that really helps them in the standings. But uh, <laughs> I I like them too, and I think they're in a winnable division. I yes. think that helps too. I think if they were in the Central, maybe you hold on them, but – they're, they're a good team, and they, they can win that division. They're that team that's been the dark horse for years yep. and years, and then they always just get off to a yep. bad start, and you're like, oh, well, never mind, not this well, year. Well, and they had a lot of changes this offseason, yep. which is yeah. crazy. I mean, they were kind of like one-for-one one type deals, but I like the, sh- the shots they're generating. That's yep. kind of their early season indicator that I look at. I know it's not a dangerous shot. Of course, over here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Shot, they're generating a ton of shots. Our next buy, sell, or hold is Mike Yo's future in St. Louis. I have thoughts on this, but I'll let you guys go I, first. I think sell. I think we talked about them earlier. They may, they may not be able to pull out of this. And he came out the other day and said, you know, yeah, my job should be on the line. I should be on the hot seat. That, that, to me, that's not ever really a good sign when the coach is feeling it and, and agrees with so. So here's the thing about that is I've, I happen to be a fan of a team that he used to coach. Mm-hmm. And when he was starting to, you know, be questioned there, it was very much like the exact same rhetoric, like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything that I, that I can. And I'm, I know that uh, I should be coaching for my job because if I can't get wins, then blah, 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 blah. But the funny thing about this is that when that happened, it truly felt because he had been with the wild for several years uh, there. I said the team's name now, darn it. Um, <laughs> he had been with the team for several years and you could kind of see that the locker room had just like tuned him out. Like the way that they were playing, uh, the things that they said in the post in the post game interviews, it just didn't seem like they particularly cared whether or not he kept his job. The difference is that the Blues players seem to really want him to stay. They like him. He is a player's coach and that was always the case in Minnesota too. But like Tarasenko was like, this is our fault. He he needs to stay as a coach. We believe in him. We, we know that He's a, a good coach. So that makes me think that he sticks around for a little bit longer. I think I think it's doubtful unless they can turn it around and get back in the race that he sticks it out through the season. But I don't think that uh, that he gets fired in the immediate future. So I'm a hold on that one. Hold. I think I'm a sell, but I think you make a valid argument. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. 
I'm oh. a bold man. Oh, I've changed my wow. I'm, I'm open-minded here. You're anyway. influencing minds. That means yeah. that was a pretty good argument that <laughs> yeah, I just made. I'm very proud. I mean, a hold isn't much. but <laughs> and By the way, I feel kind of bad about my earlier St. Louis Blues rant. So if you're mad at me, you can catch me at NHL to Seattle. Hey, at, no. At NHL no. To Seattle. All your hate emails. Are... At NHL to <laughs> Seattle. Andy. That was Andy. <laughs> Our next buy, sell, or hold is we need a I was like expecting yeah, a sound effect yeah, there's no sound, sound effect <laughs> like a gold <laughs> or, or card shuffling <laughs> our next buy sell or hold is gritty I am sell 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 on gritty not because I think that it's like his it, well I guess yeah his stock is high right you sell yeah, high that's true and I I'm just really tired of gritty I don't want him in my face anymore I'm on a hold because it's been easy to ignore him a little bit easier. I mean, it, it, he's on Twitter a lot. You see people retweeting things, but yeah, I think he's settling into normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, did you guys happen to see the fan that got the tattoo of Gritty on? Yes. Yeah. That that person should sell. That that's <laughs> taken a little too far. Yeah, but you know what? Person, I I've watched that a couple. That person bought low. Is what <laughs> yeah. happened there? I've watched a couple Flyers home games. This is why I'm I'm on a, I'm on a hold with him because I was I was at the point of oversaturation. And I think I wrote the piece orange orange oversaturation. But I've watched a couple Flyers home games and you rarely if at all see him on the TV broadcast. So I kind of felt okay. It's just I, you. I, I can hang with that. Like I know he's out there doing stuff in the crowd, but they weren't showing him a lot on yeah. TV, so I appreciated that. They probably just have a hard time making eye contact with him because his <laughs> eyes are Googling all over the place. Uh, our next buy, seller hold, Sebastian Ajo. I am definitely a buy as he is a integral part of the Carolina Hurricanes, and I already am a buyer on Carolina Hurricanes, so therefore I'm – also a buyer. As yeah, Ashinaho. I would agree. He's a fun young player to watch. Uh, I was actually wrote this down thinking about Sebastian Ajo that plays for the Bridgeport Tigers. Oh, oh, okay. In that case, <laughs> no, uh, I remain I'm a just buy. Kidding. I remain a buy. <laughs> yeah, case. yeah. Ajo is a treat. He's a lot of fun to watch. Carolina Ajo. Carolina Ajo. Carolina Ajo. <laughs> William. Hey, there's a quick plug. Like, watch the Canes, man. Yeah. they yeah. are. They are a lot of fun to watch. And stick around for the post game yeah. celebration. <laughs> You never know what they're going to do. Crazy and goofy. (laughs) William Nylander with the Leafs. Buy, sell, or hold? I'm on a hold. I I, I was reading this week that they're far apart, the two sides, the the, the Maple Leafs and and, uh, Nylander's uh, agents. They're substantially far apart, and trade is always an option, but the Leafs are right now saying that's not what they're looking for. So I think, I believe he has to play by like December 16th or something like that. He has to either show up or not um, for his contract. But so I, I think the pressure might get ratcheted up as that deadline gets closer. So I there could be something that happens. They could trade him. You know, you wonder with the Matthews being out, if that changes things. Um, I mean, I think they're neither, saying no, but. Neither side could possibly want this. And for him to, as a player, to have pushed it this far and not caved into a, a lower contract or, I mean, obviously I'm sure that, I don't know how the negotiations have gone, right? But you have to think that he asked for something that was way over what they yeah. wanted to give and then they came up a little bit and he probably went, for him to still be standing strong and not playing in the NHL as a young NHL player, I mean, I'd be like, okay, sure, just give me whatever money yeah. I want to play. You know, like that to me indicates that I, I just don't see a future. I don't know. I don't see a future. I don't see them working that out. It I does feel, feel like the bridge is starting to be doused with gasoline. Yes. Maybe not being burned yet, but they're preparing to Yes, burn it. and there are <laughs> many, many suitors out oh, there yeah. that are interested in bringing his I, services to their team. And how, do you know how the negotiation works? Do they need to, do the other teams make an offer that Nylander agrees to and then they take it to the Leafs that needs to be matched? Is that how it works? Mm, I don't think so. Are we talking about like signing him? Or? Yeah, because somebody could make a, um, I, well, well he still needs agent. to be traded yeah, at this they have point. To trade him. Do they trade him first? 
I yes. believe no, but so. somebody can offer sheet them without the team's approval. And then that team would need to match it, the lease. Yeah, situation. the lease would need to match it if they wanted to keep him. So can they, do they negotiate or do they just kind of submit a blind? Oh, they just do it. Yeah. Like with the offer sheet? Yeah, but do yeah. they negotiate it? I don't think so. I think they just fire it at him. I, we I should investigate that. that. Yeah. So Maybe that we'll we'll circle Twitter back. Twitter doesn't. <laughs> we don't want Twitter to make fun of us. Yeah, never yeah. make fun of us. Ooh, so again, you can that. find us at NHL2C. Shut up, Andy. <laughs> Our next buy seller hold the Canucks as a playoff team. I bet I know where Andy stands on this. Uh, sell, sell. Whoa, not what I guessed he was going to say. Yes, no, they are off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're fun to watch, but they it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I think right now they're they have trouble on the back end and they have no depth. We saw recently they lost uh, three or four players and the, just the guys that they replaced them with, uh, you know, wasn't cutting it. They were down in Arizona and they actually were one one through two, but then they fell apart in the third period. And their, their defense is a little sketchy. I'm not sold on their goaltending. But watch the Canucks because Elias Pettersson's the real deal. They've got some fun young players. Uh, Pettersson put on a show against a certain team from the north yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other night. <laughs> uh, what's interesting to me is that the Canucks seem to have like a, a new young stud every year, right? So I think, I guess it's been four years that Bo Horvath's been in the league or yep. three years. But he's still 23. Right. He's still very young. Yeah. Obviously, last year they had Brock Besser come up and now this year they have Elias Pettersson. So this is uh, this is a team that's building towards something pretty that, legitimate here. how the rebuild supposed to work. Yeah, yeah right? I guess yeah. that is how it's supposed Watch to work. Watch out Seattle crap wheels in 2020 yeah. because yeah. Canucks could be flying high by then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also am a sell on the Canucks. I think uh, there's so much young talent there, but they just, they need some seasoning. So, yeah, I don't see it this year. Our last buy, seller hold. Will there be a 60 plus goal score in the NHL this season? I say Bye. So do I, just because I'm optimistic. I'd like yeah. to see it. And, you know, Matthews was probably one of the top prospects for that, but that's going to be tougher now. But, you know, you look at how Connor McDavid's scoring. Just what's to stop him from scoring 60 goals? Patrick Kane is scoring Patrick like Kane. crazy. Yeah. 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 There's a handful of guys that are on pace. Very for, much on pace. Yeah. Yeah. Pedersen's on that pace. Oh, okay. <laughs> is he? Well, he's hurt. Too. <laughs> he's got eight goals he, in eight yeah. games. Yeah. So, should be interesting. I think it's a fun thing. Now, one thing that's surprising is they're younger, but there's no surprise people in the top 10. Right. So, that's kind of interesting. That's true. Yeah, there's yeah. not some guy who's just got a hot streak here. For yeah, the that you're week. like, oh, yeah, a flash in the pan that might. And then, yeah, he'll regress. People might start covering. They'll regress to the mean. superstar yeah. goal scorers. Yeah. So yeah, it does. I, I, I think it'd be cool. You know, because when I was you know growing up, when you watch hockey in the early '80s and or even the late '80s, you know, you had guys like Gretzky, and Lemieux, and you know Hall. Those guys were all just such goal, big goal scorers, yeah. and there were huge numbers. And yeah, it's kind of fun when you know. I like when there's a couple guys over 100 points. Yeah, we've been for a long time. There, the, the, nobody even sniffed 100 points. Yeah, on uh, a season, and now we're starting to see guys pop that every every year. It's the Hugfest NHL. Yep. So that's buy, sell, or hold. You can read all about it on NHLtoSeattle.com. You'll get a couple more uh, more takes there from our other contributors. Do you have any games on the radar this week, John? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. Um, <laughs> so Friday, the Canucks we were just talking about are playing the Avalanche, and Avalanche are an exciting team to watch this year. Uh, McKinnon, man, that guy, something special to watch. So that's Friday on NHL Network, 4 o'clock. Check it out. Um, that same night, Hurricanes are playing the Coyotes, which is two, two of our teams to watch. The two, Coyotes are bouncing the back The Coyotes are bouncing back. Yep. No, I know. And it's just one those, four straight. Those that's a pretty good matchup. It's it's hasn't been that case the last couple of years to watch either of those teams play. Yeah. But oh, can't miss the Carolina Hurricanes against the Arizona Coyotes. I know, I know. Like, I love it. I love that's it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. We, we didn't include them, but I'm buying on the Arizona Coyotes. I oh. talked to them at the beginning of the, the season. I thought they would be a playoff team, and they my my 
Faith was stretched a little bit at the start because they got shut out, I think, through their first four games. But they're starting to finish now. Galchenyuk's back. Uh, they're they're flying pretty high. They're so good that they beat. They scored on Craig Anderson of the centers the other night from center ice. That's how that's how good it's going right now. That was my game to watch. So okay, so don't miss those. That wraps up episode eight of Sound of Hockey. We very much appreciate you subscribing on iTunes, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on wherever else you can subscribe to a podcast. And make sure to continue leaving those five-star reviews. Uh, we'll keep reading them. That's It's just so much fun to see that feedback coming in. And uh, we're getting positive feedback, which is just awesome. Makes us all, uh, our, our heads all grow a lot and our egos. <laughs> so. uh, we very much uh, appreciate you joining us. And we will be back next week for episode nine. Hopefully we'll record at a reasonable time of the day next week so that we're uh, not quite as sleepy. But uh, thanks for sticking with us. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.